Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, an architectural explanation of D.C.'s cutting-edge design. Washington has started to evolve beyond just the seat of the federal government to being really one of the best places in America to live as just a non-government type of employee. It's got an incredible quality of life here. The, you know, the green city that you see on a daily basis in Washington, we often take for granted until you go to Philadelphia or you go to Boston or New York where parks become so important because streets don't have trees the way Washington does. The importance of placemaking can't be understated as you grow a 21st century city. Our next guest, David Bagnoli, is an architect and principal of Studio MB Architects, and he has a lot of experience and is a Washington native now. David, thanks for joining us. So, did you grow up Pleasure here? Pleasure to be here. I did not. Uh, I moved to Washington in the early 90s. was my first stint here when I was in the Air Force. I grew up in a um, small town in eastern Kentucky uh, and found myself in Washington when I was at the end of a five-year commitment to the Air Force. And uh, met my wife here, went to graduate school in Philadelphia, worked in Boston for eight to seven to eight years. We were away and moved back in 2004, and we've been here ever since and decided to raise the kids up here in northwest Washington. What is it about D.C. that uh, and the D.C. region that would cause uh, an architect to stay and work here? You know, it's interesting, Jonathan, I'd tell you that when I first came, it was a bit of a button-down place. There was still the kind of vestiges of what was called postmodernism, and I think that Washington in the early and mid-90s still held on to a fairly conservative kind of architecture. And the firms that were here in town that were um, doing work tended to um, be more conservative than not. And when I came back in 2004, you could tell that there were some interesting things that were happening architecturally. And that, I think, is a reflection not just of what was happening locally in Washington, but even nationally. Things had moved away from a more traditional type of architecture. But what we really have found has accelerated in the um, past eight to nine years is that this influx of millennials that have come into the city, we feel since really the recession of 2008, 2009, that brought a lot of employment, we think, to Washington. We've noticed that a lot of young people have started to have Washington in their sights as a place to live that, you know, in years past might have been Chicago or New York or Minneapolis or Portland or Seattle. And so there was a hipness factor that came as a result, we think, of um, this recession that's brought some people to Washington who are looking for things outside of the box. And so we found that with that influx of young people and young thinking, um, there's been a lot of creative um, development that started to happen. And we we tend as a practice to, not that we don't work with folks who are, um, you know, of an older generation, but we tend to think that as a practice, some of the more exciting things that we see, and this is by no means a rule, but um, are coming from some of the younger firms and younger developers, and those are addressing concerns of a millennial mindset. And so we we find ourselves working in neighborhoods that we didn't even know existed, Eckington and you know, Ivy City, everybody's talking about now, but even five years ago, people couldn't find it on a map. Yeah, I think that what's happening is that architecture and design in Washington has had a bit of an evolution over the last 10, 12 years, and it's it's certainly working in our favor. We do, find ourselves... Do you, you know, find that it's it. a demographically driven change, or is it that there's more creativity generally in this town that doesn't have anything to do with government? Um, I think that Washington was never really a design-based city, and I think it started to change. So yes, demographically... Uh, folks are coming to Washington. They're younger, and I think they've got a different outset. They've got a different focus on um, buildings and design in general, placemaking in general. So, yeah, I think that it's a bit of demographics. I don't believe that, um, you know, firms in Washington are really given a fair shake on design. I think there's so many. Yeah, you know, every city and every jurisdiction has its restrictions and its nuances of how you get things approved. We work across the country, and every local jurisdiction has its own kind of ways of happening, uh, making things happen. 
I'm not sure that Washington is any harder or any easier, but it certainly does have a lot of oversight. And that oversight can tend to water down design in a lot of cases. So when we're working in certain neighborhoods, there's, you know, there may be five to eight overlay groups that we have to go through. And that can tend to water down and frustrate design. And so what we find is when people come in from out of town, they don't really understand these kind of processes. And I think they may ultimately, you know, kind of give up. So uh, we do find that, um, you know, from a demographic standpoint, Washington is um, certainly focusing on design more than what I would say even 10 years ago. I have had people suggest to me that architecture and architectural design is one of the, it reflects the city's culture, but can also shape a city's culture. You're involved in the new wharf project down on the waterfront. Yes. That would seem to be a large opportunity for a significant portion of our city to be redefined. What's your involvement and and how are you finding the design process? What do you think the wharf project is ultimately going to look like? And how will it influence the growth of this town going forward? Well, I think it's already ha- having an effect on the growth of town. So let me take the last part of your question first. You know, if you drive down to southwest Washington, there is more cranes down there than you can imagine um, if you've not been down there. And that's not just related to the wharf, which is really about a mile and a half stretch of um, waterfront property that runs from uh, just south of the Washington Fish Market, where we're working, all the way down to what's called Pier 4 at the opposite end, which is also where we're working. And in between there is about you know a mile and a half, two miles of 10-story buildings that have been through this process of approvals that I mentioned. That has an additional overlay from the Commission of Fine Arts, which is a congressionally appointed uh, approval body. Um, but so it's already having a draw down there. So beyond the wharf, there's eight to 10 cranes working on sites, you know, three, four blocks in that are a ripple effect of that. So it's going to have a huge effect, I think, on where the center of um, gravity is in Washington and certainly pulling things south of the mall, which I think was the intention of of the city to, to put that project out there. And Pian Hoffman won that. So our involvement down there, as I mentioned, we're working at the um, wharf, um, sorry, we're working at Pier 4, which is on the south side. And this is a uh, 1940s pier that's out over the water. We're doing um, an addition to a concrete uh, roof that's basically open to all sides. And if you ever see the river boats going up and down the Potomac that are doing those tours um, in the evenings, they leave from Pier 3 and Pier 4. And so Pier 4 will be their headquarters, but it's also going to be market rate office out over the water. It'll be the only building in Washington that's built over the Washington Channel or out into the river. And so that's intended to be marketed to like a Google's Washington, D.C. presence. It won't be a high-name um, high law firm down there. The intention is to market it towards the kind of younger mindset that I talked about earlier. Again, it's, it's interesting to hear that architecture and design is moving away from Imperial capital uh, tied down to law firm type space yes. to try to create. So as we look at, as you look at as a design thinker, what kind of city are are you and your your peers designing for if it's not to be the seat of government? What will Washington, D.C. and region of tomorrow look like from the standpoint of a citizen? Well, it's, I think it's, it's moving from being just a, a, a small international capital city to really being a center of finance and culture. I really do believe that Washington has started to evolve beyond just the seat of the federal government to being really one of the best places in America to live as, a, as just a non-government type of employee. It's got an incredible um, quality of life here. The, you know, the green city that you see on a daily basis in Washington, we often take for granted until you go to Philadelphia or you go to Boston or New York where parks become so important because streets don't have trees the way Washington does. And, you know, the the order of the city, which is quite imperial, and as you describe it, in terms of how the city is laid out, 
uh, it does have that sense, but it's starting to feel to me like a much more uh, akin to like a European capital city than it um, almost, you know, even 20 years ago, I would say when I first started coming to Washington 20, 25 years ago, you know, it felt a bit more regional than it did um, international. And certainly it's taken on that flavor. Well, now we should remember the next time you see a building going up, it's not just a statement of who's going to go in it, it's how it's going to make all of us feel. This town is changing dramatically and reflecting the change in its culture and its society. David Magnoli is a leading edge of that. We look forward to seeing your work down by the wharf. And thanks for joining us. Check out Studio MV Architects. Thank you. We believe... There's such a need for authentic information that's positive and useful. You know, there are many, many people here in the D.C. region who get up every day and just get after creating new things and are committed to making our community better. My producer Tracy Madigan and I speak with people every day that tell us amazing stories of, that they want to share about the progress they're making, the things that they care about, and why they're proud to be part of the greater Washington community. You're going to meet many of them on this show. That's what working in Washington really means to us. Now more than ever, I feel that a positive voice is needed in our society, our communities. We need to make sure that we reach each other and we work together. Every week, we're going to bring topics that will keep you informed and engaged, and we hope will help you progress your business and your career. Let us know what you think, and of course, follow us on Twitter at, at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Go get them.